Will you give our worshipers a great beginning? That beautiful, Amen. Lead us in worship. Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lord. You may be seated tonight. We want you to be reminded that you can pay your offerings at the different boxes on the way out, or you can send it in or go online or mail it any way that you desire. And your gifts to the church. We thank you for your giving. One announcement that I got to make, and I don't want to kill the spirit of the worship that's taking place, but if I don't, I'll be in the doghouse by my wife because she's the one that just texted me and said, tell the people. So I got to be um, loving to my wife and do that. We're having an ice cream social and a cookie deal after the service. That's going to be hard to get your mind on prayer now, isn't it? But we don't want to cut prayer short for cookie's sake. But we're going to we're going to get right into the service and just remember over in the metro right after the service, we're just going to have a good time of fellowship and some ice cream tonight together as a church, as a family. Celebrate, Amen. So would you welcome Mike Burton as he comes and gives us the word of the Lord tonight in the devotion? Love you. Praise the Lord! Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Ice cream. Holy moly. That would make my tongue stop the tap, top of my brain off. Amen. I love good old ice cream, don't you? Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. We're glad that you're here tonight with us, and we're going to get into the Word, and we're going to get into prayer, and uh, I'm thankful that God, God moves and that God meets our needs and that God answers prayer, and I'm thankful that we're privileged and honored to come together on a Wednesday night and that we can pray in unity one with another and we can just trust God and believe God that God can move the heavens for us tonight. And uh, I believe there's power in prayer. I believe that prayer works. I believe that prayer is essential for the church today. And I believe that it's, it's a must. It's a must. I would hate to think that I serve a God that does not answer prayer that does not meet needs. He's just God and he just says, I'm not gonna talk to you, I'm not gonna do anything, but I'll be your God. But I'm glad that I serve a God that does hear me when I pray. And I'm glad that I serve a God that don't only hear us, but that, that he answers our prayer. I believe that God's gonna change America tonight. I believe he's gonna turn things around, amen. I believe he's gonna make our schools better. He's gonna make Washington better. He's gonna make us better people, amen? Because he's a good God. But I wanna read something in Matthew chapter uh, 16, a uh, very familiar scripture, nothing that I'm gonna say tonight probably has not already been spoken about in some fashion or some form, some way or another, but I believe there's uh, uh, key elements that God could give us that could help us in our daily walk with him and that help us and this journey that we're on and getting to heaven, amen. This old world, we're just passing through it, but we're working our way to heaven tonight, amen. And I know the Bible said the just shall live by faith and we walk by faith and not by sight, but I'm glad tonight that I'm on a journey with God and that God's uh, got my hand, that he's leading me and he's guiding me and he's directing me. And I wanna talk about the reasons for prayer tonight, and I'll try to get through this because I know that we pray and we don't want to spend a whole lot of time me jabbering and talking and uh, uh, going on, but uh, I want to give you just a little bit, but I want to first read chapter 16 of Matthew, and uh, I think I'll just read verse 18 and 19, and it says, and I also say unto you, Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church 
and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Imagine tonight that there's a huge building with thousands of rooms inside of it. More rooms than you could have possibly imagined. But it's good possibilities because it's for your future. And inside those building, inside that building are several hundred rooms. And there's job opportunities, provisions, and every kinds of guidance of wisdom to make right decision. The problem is all the doors are locked and you cannot get in. But suppose someone supernatural gave you a key and put it in your hand that will open every door. You can choose to use the key or not use it. And if you don't use the key, the door won't open. You know, that's kind of the picture of the word of God. God has given us the keys to the kingdom. And we have an opportunity to open it or we can leave it shut. And a lot of times we leave it shut, in which we shouldn't, but we do. We can, he has given us the key to which is prayer. Prayer is a privilege God's given to us. It's a participation that we can pray and earnestly in Matthew 6 and 10. And we can read God's word and we can study it and we can pray on behalf of it. See, however, if you don't use the prayer key, the door will remain shut and closed and some of God's blessings won't come. So I want to talk about some reasons and, and how that we can somehow sometimes uh, develop our relationship in God that makes our prayer life a lot better. I don't know about you, but I know that prayer moves God. Mumbling don't move God. Just holding my mouth shut, hoping God will do something won't move God. But my lips, my words that I speak to him will move God. And it will make a difference in my life. What is prayer? Why does prayer exist? Suppose God didn't provide any way to contact them when we're in trouble. The Lord announces, there's no such thing as prayer. You cannot talk to me. I won't talk back to you. I will not intervene in your affairs. If you want help, sorry, you have to be on your own. <laughs> you would literally not like it because of that. The good news is God does want us to pray so we can get to know him in better ways. Prayer is a connecting our hearts to the hearts of God. Prayer is simply our hearts getting connected to God's heart, getting God's will. Uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven tonight. Our, our resistance tonight is to pray. Our closeness to God can be measured by how much we talk to him when we're not at church. Amen. It's good to worship God and say, oh God, I love you. I worship you. I come in agreement with these people tonight, God, that you would just let the will of God be done. It's good to come and pray uh, when you're in the house of the Lord, but what about when you're not in the house of the Lord? And then, then, then the rubber meets the road and God says, listen, I, I, I want you to pray right now wherever you're at, whether it's in the car, whether it's a woman doing her laundry, whether it's a man doing his job at work, he can still pray to Abba Father tonight. See, I believe that God's moved by our prayers tonight. See, I know that God says God can measure how much we pray 
by how much we talk to him. James said it like this in 4 and 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Drawing near isn't referring to distance because God lives inside of us. It's not talking about drawing our hearts near to him. See, God's with me. He, He lives within me tonight. He lives right here, so I ain't got to pray a distance to God. I just got to talk to him. I just got to say, hello, Father. Huh? Amen. We just, he lives within us. The kingdom of God lives within us. A husband and wife can be standing next to each other, but their hearts could be miles away. Oh, come on now. Somebody give me an amen. Huh? Husband and wife could be right next to each other, but she's mad at him, he's mad at her. The hearts ain't connected. I don't care if they're driving down to Portageville. They can be in the same car. They can be at home eating, eating food. My wife sometimes looks at me and says, put the phone down and pay attention to me. She hates it when I get on this phone and I'm sitting in my recliner. I'm kicked back like Jack and Land, like I've got it made. I'm just sitting here like, oh, let me see what's on the YouTube today. And Connie's saying, hey, listen, I, I need to talk to you about something. Hey, go ahead, babe, what you talking about? And she'll be talking and I'll be, and she'll look at me and she said, put the phone down. Dad, I did, didn't I? <laughs> she hates that more than anything. You know her? (laughs) But we can be that way with God. God could be right here next to us. He could be right here living inside of us and we're missing opportunities. Some things that she has to say to me is very important. And there's time that God wants to say something to us, but we're too busy about everything else and everything else is clouding our minds and we're too busy. We say, God, we ain't got time to take five minutes out because I need to see what's on social media. I'll use myself as an example, not you. But it happens. We can be right by each other. That can happen with God. Jesus, the Pharisees honored God with their lips, but their hearts was far from him. Matthew 15 and 8, they missed the primary purpose of prayer. And that was for us to develop a relationship with God. Prayer is like talking on the phone, which also means we have to listen. Huh? (laughs) I hate to use her again, but that's what she says. You're not listening to me. Tell me what I just said. I said, oh, Jesus, you're so wonderful. Glory to us. I'm in the middle of prayer right now. (laughs) Because I don't remember what she just said. Shame on me. Because she's trying to tell me something and I'm not listening. And I think sometimes God does that to us. Prayer requires listening. And listening to what God's saying. Some people do all the talking, never listen. Have you ever been around somebody that... And you're trying to get a word in edgewise, you must well just hang it up and say, go ahead. Sometimes we probably talk to God that way. We just talk, 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 talk. And God's saying, listen, I want you to listen what I got to say. Listen to the still, small voice that radiates in our spirit that God speaks to. And sometimes we can't, we, God can't get a word in edgewise because we're saying everything that we need, we want, and we're needing him to do. And all of a sudden, God is saying, be still 
and know that I am God. Let me take care of it. Sometimes we also do that to God. We talk, talk, but never listen. Some things will never happen unless we pray. Why should we pray if it doesn't make a difference? I mean, if it doesn't make any difference. James tells us in two and I mean four and two, you do not have because you do not ask. To say in another way, if we don't use the key, the door will never open. God can change our circumstances if we're willing to use the key and call out upon him for help. See, I believe that when Matthew talked about Peter upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Flesh and blood did not did not give that to Peter. The Holy Spirit gave it to Peter. Why? Because he was listening to a small voice that God had inside of him. And let me tell you something tonight, church. God will move every mountain in our life if we will allow him just to open the door and say, come in, Father, sup with me and let, you, let me sup with you and let me get the mind of God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let the Spirit of God lead me through your word. Prayer changes things tonight, church. The king of Assyria was threatening to conquer Jerusalem. King Hezekiah knew he was going to be defeated, and God stopped him. Hezekiah prayed to God that God would deliver Jerusalem from the Assyrian army. God answered his prayer. And because you have prayed to me, the king of Assyria, I have heard you. Second Kings 19 and 20. God came to rescue because he prayed. If the king hadn't prayed for Jerusalem, would have been destroyed. But prayer brought something to pass on earth that would have never happened unless Hezekiah prayed. Can I tell you, our prayers make a difference tonight. I don't care if I don't see the results right now. I believe that they're on the way. I believe if God shut the lion's mouth for Daniel, he can move any mountain in my life. If God said, listen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm gonna put you through the fiery furnace. But one thing you know for sure, I'll never leave you nor forsake you and when you come out you're not going to smell like you've been in the fire see I believe that God hears not only hears but he answers our prayer there's power when you begin to pray I love it when we get a group of people together one could chase a thousand two could chase ten thousand there's something about binding together in the name of Jesus for a situation See, I believe tonight that prayer changes things. Prayer can make a difference in what happens. If you're asking for guidance, don't give up. Keep praying. Don't lose heart. God has placed his hand and give you the key to it tonight. Prayer shows God how desperate we are when we want something. The Bible said in this, the effectual fervent prayer, the desperate prayer of a righteous man availeth much, James 5 and 16. When we pray out of desperation, we touch God's heart and catch God's ear. Our prayers show him how desperate we want something. As Jesus passed through Jericho, two blind men sitting by the roadside, Lord God, have mercy on us in Matthew 20 and 30. I'm telling you, even though there was a big crowd around Jesus, 
Jesus, Jesus stopped everything and he heard their cries. Their answer was at his request. The Bible said that he held them both. I remember the man that said, oh, son of David, have mercy upon me. Aren't you glad that when you cry out in desperation that God hears your prayer? I believe tonight if we'll just get a hold of the throne room of God, that God will hear every prayer in here. The woman that had the impudent of blood for 12 long years, the Bible said, she said within herself, she didn't scream it out. She just spoke in the spirit of God. Rim tonight and said, if I can touch the spirit of God or touches him, I'll be made whole. Can I tell you, the Bible said she pushed her way through the crowd and through the crowd and through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. And the Bible said immediately the virtue flowed out. Can I tell you, there's power in prayer. There's power. Wonder working power. Power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. Power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Man, I used to shout on that song years ago. Woo! Holy Ghost, get a hold of you. You think about the power of the blood, there's something that would take place. See, there's something about God that moves in our situations tonight when we cry out for help. Prayer is the way to release our burdens to God. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. Get prayer and a supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension shall guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing. Huh? We should never worry about stuff and we should give it to Jesus. He's the burden bearer tonight. I've learned a long time ago to put my burdens before the Lord. Uh, it's okay to be concerned. It's okay to think about things. Uh, but it's never okay to just sit there and let your lives be burdened down over and over, day in and day out, and let anxiety and all the things that's in this world get a hold of you. Every doctor's given men and women pills for anxiety. Everybody's, hey, did you know that we live in a time where everybody's got anxiety? Everybody's got it. And if you don't have it, hold on, honey, you're going to get it. And let me tell you, they think they got a remedy for it. It's called P-I-L-L. <laughs> but I have a remedy, P-R-A-Y. Listen, God can do more in one second than any doctor can do. Be anxious for nothing. Listen, sheep was never designed to be a burden bearer. Sheep was never designed to carry burdens. You've heard of the pack of mules. They can carry stuff. But you never heard of a pack of sheep. God didn't design us to carry burdens on our soul. When we pray correctly, we transfer our burdens and our problems into the Father's hands. It is you and I that are burdened down sometimes. But if we pray, God takes over.
Never go and let your problems go and go and go. And you think, I can handle them on my own. I'll, I'll change this situation. I'll change that situation. I'll, uh, uh, just, uh, I'll deal with this on my own. I'll, I'll figure it out. You'll find out that you'll carry that burden around with you and around with you. Everybody that walks with you and sees you knows that you're troubled. Listen, church, I don't care what you gotta do. Whatever you go through and you got burdens, I'd put scriptures on my refrigerator. I'd put them on my television. I'd put them on my dashboard. I'd put them there. Every time I seen uh, something, I would quote a scripture said, oh, I would just quote scripture after scripture. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory unto God. I would do everything I can to release that burden to Jesus. See, he carries them. And the word of God is the answer. There's not a scripture in here that don't have an answer to what you're going through. Huh? There's not nothing in here that you don't need that God don't have an answer and a remedy for. He's a good God. And I'm fixing the clothes, I promise. Joe was walking to the laundromat carrying his dirty clothes. You know Joe? He's not here right now, but Joe. He was walking to the laundromat and carrying his dirty clothes because his wife wouldn't wash him. <laughs> Just kidding. He had a duffel bag on his back. On his way, he ran into one of his friends named Lou. Lou started telling him about all of his problems he was going through. Joe told him he needed to give his burdens to the Lord. Lou said, I already did that, but I still feel burdened down. How can I know that I've released them? Joe let go of his duffel bag, which immediately fell to the ground. He said, how do I know that I dropped that sack? I haven't looked around to see it, if it's off my, fat, off my back. You know, you know because it isn't weighing you down anymore. Joe knew when he dropped that backpack, the load of those clothes just loosened up. And there's been times that you've come to the altar and you've got up and you probably felt the same old way. But I promise you, persistence makes a difference. Because there'll be one of these days you'll come down to an altar and you'll pray that God will take that burden from you or that load that you're carrying. I promise that when you get up from the altar one day, you're going to walk back and it's going to be gone. You laid it at his feet. See, Jesus is our burden bearer tonight. And that's how you know that you transferred problems to God. They will not weigh you down anymore. When you pray, God intervenes in other people's lives and changes them. Jesus told us to pray for those who mistreat us in Luke 6 and 28. Let's think about that for a minute. He told us to pray for our enemies because prayer releases the Holy Spirit to convict them of their sins and bring them to repentance. Remember, some things will not happen unless we simply pray. Some things won't change in our lives until we pray. We don't typically like to pray for those who mistreat us. We say, uh, Lord, would you mind killing them? I mean, if they walk out in front of a bus, Lord, I won't say nothing. <laughs> Come on now, I ain't the only one that ever thought that. I'm telling you, when Pelosi used to get on my nerves, I know I'm getting Pelosi, but when she used to get on my nerves, I used to say, oh God, can't you just... 
And I, then I had to learn, why don't you pray for her? <laughs> it's hard sometimes to pray for those that hurt you, that does you wrong. Sometimes it's hard to pray. Some things just won't happen unless we pray. We, we typically like to pray for those who, who don't, I mean, we typically don't like to pray for those who typically uh, mistreat us. James 5 and 16 says this, pray one for another that you may be healed. It doesn't say to pray for yourself that you'll be healed, although there's nothing really wrong with that, but it says pray for one another. God has set it up so that we, he wants us to work through the prayers of others to help us. Our prayers are a part of the reason others are healed mentally, spiritually, physically. I'd like to think that my prayers touches somebody besides just me. I'd like to pray, think that when me and Brother Miller and us men on Monday nights come out there and the ladies up there and during their prayer, we're not taking a time out saying, let's pray for one another here. We're praying for the church. We're praying for the needs of the church. We're praying for different things in Pacific. So I'd like to think that my prayer makes a difference. See, I believe that God designed us to do that, don't you? I believe that God designed us to pray because there's times that people needs us. You're, you, you, you might think that you're a nobody, but really you're somebody because somebody's standing in the need of prayer. And you could be the vessel that changes their life. In closing, let me say this. There was a doctor by the name of Randy Bird. He was a staff cardiologist at St. Francis General Hospital and a professor at the University of California. He conducted 10 months of study on 393 patients admitted to coronary intensive care unit of the hospital. In the parade, he had groups that would pray and these groups were to pray for 192 patients while the other remaining 201 patients were never prayed for. Prayer groups around the country were given only first name, diagnosis, and prognosis of the destination of a, a <clears throat> detonated 192 patients. The group was asked to pray for their patients by name once a day. No other instructions was given. None of the patients, nurses, physicians knew which group of patients were in. The results were startling. They prayed for patients the, they prayed for patients were five times less likely to require antibiotics, three times less likely to develop food, filling their lungs. None of, the, none of these prayed for patients required, required breathing treatments, tubing compared to 12 in the other group, and fewer of the, of the prayed for patients died. And finding the published, and this findings was published in the American Heart Association. Dr. Bird showed that prayer for others really does make a difference even when the patients don't know that they're being prayed for. Think what, we could, what could happen if we started praying for others and ourselves about everything. Our prayers could change the world. Church, tonight, you're important in the kingdom of God. I'm important to his kingdom. Prayers make a difference for not just you, but your family and for somebody else's family. Prayer helps us. The Bible says it, it, it helps us in so many different ways. Prayer changes lives, changes people.
Prayer gives miracles where sometimes miracles are needed. Prayer gives healing where healings are needed. Prayer changes relationships. It changes marriages, changes homes, it changes children. If we're going to be what they call world changers, it's only going to come through not my good looks, not your good looks, not your education, not what you do at work, not what kind of uh, uh, person that you are, but your prayer is going to change them. Your money, your wealth is not going to change anybody. But prayer will change somebody. Prayer will make a difference in a young child's life. Prayer will change an elderly person that's going through some kind of dementia. Prayer will move mountains where nothing else will. So I want to encourage you tonight, if you would stand with me, and let's pray tonight. Let's pray. I, I think what I'd like for us to do is those that would just gather around here, Come up to the front with me, and I won't hold you but a few minutes, I promise. I won't, you know me, I talk and I babble a lot, so I promise I won't hold you long. But I, I, I need those that would to come, and uh, I want to do something real quick.